Hello, and welcome to Morlocks, a Let's Experiment show about finding new homes for the lost forgotten characters of Marvel Crisis Protocol. I'm your host, Lexa White, and with me this week is Ghost Deer. How are you doing? I'm doing great. For people who may not know you, would you mind introducing yourself? Absolutely. Uh, so, my name's Nate. Uh, I have been playing this game for a while now. I play a lot of X-Men and very few things that aren't X-Men. Uh, I'm on the Alfredo Size 3 Taco Tuck podcast, um, mm-hmm. which I'm sure a bunch of people listen to. But if you haven't, you should check it out. Uh, we have, I think, a pretty unique vibe. Uh, and then also, uh, most recently, I am now the TO and organizer for a team tournament in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just... I. So I've, I'm going to talk about this for a little bit because I'm very excited oh, yes. about Go ahead. Goals. Yeah, which is the name of this event. So I have been to the WTC once for Guild Ball and was going to go a second time until COVID happened and ruined that for everyone. Uh, and I really like the WTC. I think it's a really cool format. And if you ask anyone who's been to that, they say it's either one of or the best event that they've been to and one of the best experiences. Uh, the thing I don't like about the WTC is how difficult it can be for people in the U.S. to get to, both from a practical dollars and cents perspective, but also because, uh, at least back in the day for like Guild Ball and War Machine, they would limit the number of people from each country that could go, right? So they'd give like the U.S. three slots and like three teams could go, and then they'd want to get more different European countries. They haven't done that for Marvel yet. Uh, they say they might if it grows too big, but I hope they don't uh, because I think that ends up excluding quite a few people in the U.S. from getting to participate in one of the coolest ways to play miniatures games, which is team events. Uh, so I decided rather than just complain about my one quibble with the WTC, I should just do it myself, right? And make a team tournament on ideally a similar scope and scale, mm-hmm. but in the United States. So all those people who can't make it to Europe can still have that experience of playing in team events uh, because they really are something unique, right? Yep. Um, they're a lot of fun. They're a good opportunity to play a little bit of weirder stuff, uh, which I think would appeal to the audience of this show. Oh, yes. right? When you have <laughs> unique character enforcements, you got to sometimes dig a little bit deeper for your last couple slots in your roster and you end up with some neat and clever ideas you might not see normally. Um, so if you have always wanted to go to team event, but haven't, I highly encourage you to go to squadgoalsmcp.com. It's going to be May 18th and 19th in Chicago. Uh, we found a game store there that has been wonderful to work with and has a ton of space. So for this first year, we have enough room for 32 teams of three players uh, with room to grow should this succeed. But we didn't want to, you know, we knew we weren't going to get the attendance of a WTC in the first year. Yeah. Right? Uh, mm-hmm. We got we to grow to that. But uh We've already got like 14 teams signed up, I think, and nice. like in a week. So it's going well. I'm very excited about that. If you want to check that out, uh, definitely go to Squaggles MCP. If you have questions about the venue or the format or anything like that, there's a contacts page. Uh, it has my email. You can find me on Discord, uh, anything like that. If there's any questions, feel free to reach out. Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, missing in your list of accolades, you are part of the back to back. Winning team <laughs> tournament LVO champions. <laughs> That's very true. Uh, there's been a really cool team event put on at LVO every year. Uh, and I've scrubbed my way out of the invitational in day one to make sure I could play in the team tournament on Sunday both years. <laughs> and I've won it both years. So. Yeah. Taco it's... Truck didn't quite have the domination it did the previous year. 
uh, this year. Because if I remember correctly, uh, uh, LVO 2023 Taco Truck won every event except for gymnastics. Uh, yes, and I think that's just, I don't think we had anyone who participated in gymnastics, because it was, uh, we were all in the LCQ, and mm-hmm. Vince and I went, or let's see, I went undefeated in the LCQ, he went 5-1, and one, but was still good enough to make it in the Invitational. Uh, and then, yeah, Vince went on to win the Invitational, and I went on with Pat and another friend of ours to win the team tournament. So, yep. uh, we did we did sweep last year. This year, I still went undefeated in the LCQ. I still lost in the day one of the Invitational, and I still won the team tournament. So, like an exact copy of my performance <laughs> from last year. Yep. And now, now we're here to make you play some, something other than X Men because, <laughs> well, I forgot a segment almost. First off, hmm. what character mm-hmm. not in Crisis Protocol do you want to see in Crisis Protocol? Well, to stay on brand, uh, because I know the goal is to not talk about X-Men here, but we're going to talk about X-Men <laughs> at least a little bit. Of course. Uh, the character I most want to see right now is Jubilee. I think Jubilee's mm-hmm. great. I think from a visual design, she's super interesting and eye-catching, and I think she'd be a lot of fun to paint. I think her power set is interesting. I think her as someone who lives in California, I think her personality is great, uh, and I think it would be fun to see... She's just a bit sillier than a lot of the X-Men that they've put in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it would be interesting to see if they found ways to capture that in her character. Yeah, there, there's definitely some X-Men still left on the table. Um, <laughs> I am still pulling for the Stafford Kukos. Oh, yeah. That'd be great. Um, and uh, Polaris is a dear to my heart. Mm-hmm. Um Side note, side side conversation tangent because mm-hmm. it's this mm-hmm. show. Uh, did you watch any of the Gifted? No. Do was you... that any good? <laughs> it was interesting. Not, okay, all right. Not the best show ever, but like, I got to cite it in a college paper. Oh, sick! <laughs> so, like, there's only so mad, and it has Amy Aku in it. So, there's only so mad I can be at the show. Okay, sure, yeah. Um, and it has Polaris and the Stafford Kukos in it. So, like, oh, that's awesome. Okay, I don't know if it's a good show or if it's laser targeted at me. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, yeah, but <laughs> Polaris in the first episode has this wonderful moment of like, because in in the show she is much more of a punk girl. Than she is in oh, the comics, sure. mm-hmm. and she's like, "Do you know why I wear steel toe boots and like studded wristbands?" The guys, are like, no. It's like, so I can do this, and that's how she floats herself. Oh, that's fun. I like that a lot. Uh-huh. I still eternally want to turn my rogue into X Men Evolution trashy gospel <laughs> rogue. Hell yes, dude! X Men Evolution whips. People yes. do not give that show the respect it deserves. Uh huh. We need a uh, freaking marrow. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yes, and there's there's a bunch of other like more obscure X Men characters that I'm just like, just give it to me, give it to me. Yeah, but, I mean they they could be making X Men characters for the next twenty years and not get to all of them. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, no, there's there's so, and also I I still want an official storm with a mohawk. Yeah, they gotta do that at some point. It's just yeah. easy money. Uh huh. And like, if it comes with Callisto, I will be happy. <laughs> Absolutely. 
But I, I'm sure we could talk X-Men for days. <laughs> so, who did you bring for us to talk about today? Well, I brought my favorite X-Men and my favorite Marvel character of all time, Cyclops. Yes. So, we have done Cyclops a couple times before. We only care about the very last time we did him, which was okay. uh, we put him in OG original core box of Red Skull, which... I love that leadership, but sadly, we will have to leave it to the wayside for today. Mm -hmm. Uh, Also of note, uh, Cyclops has gotten updated. Yes. He was in that suite of updated characters. Okay. So, uh, we're just now starting to do those updated characters, and he's still Mm. a really interesting character. Yeah, he's significantly different than what he used to be um and i think pretty interesting ways that took me more than a few games to really figure out what that meant mm-hmm. right um so to summarize for anybody who doesn't know uh the only things they changed on him was they made his builder significantly better uh yep it, the wild push effect can now push size three where before it could only push size two and it has a new trigger on wild hit where you can make a second attack against a different target. It has to be a different target, mm-hmm. uh, and it's within range for a Cyclops, so it's not like a ricochet that can bounce further, uh, but it's a second free builder attack. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. They also... They changed oh. his leadership, and I think they reduced the cost of his beam? So they didn't reduce the cost? I think it was just oh, the suppression question. used to be... Yeah, it's now for each wild, where yes. it used to be any wild lose one power, which is like, who cares? And now it's for each wild, which is also like, who cares? But better than it was. Yep. Uh, and then, yes, they gave him a sweet new leadership that's way better than his old leadership. Uh, but what? So I was very excited when I saw the, the patch, the update, whatever you want to call it, and saw the new Cyclops, because I've always wanted to make Cyclops work, uh, and I've never been able, as a pretty hyper competitive player i could uh-huh. never quite make him do enough to feel good about it yes right and so i was like oh well these are significant buffs surely there's a way to make him work now right uh, and this leadership reads really cool so uh unfortunately it came out at an awkward time for me to really test it because it was like right before second wind which wasn't that far from lvo yep uh, and so i never had a good window where i felt comfortable getting the like 20 30 games i would want with just cyclops mm-hmm. to be able to switch off of storm but i would always find some time in there to play him mm-hmm. um and kind of what i learned initially was that like the first couple games were not very exciting mm-hmm. right where he wasn't doing enough for me he still didn't feel like a four threat uh he just wouldn't have enough power to do everything i wanted to his damage output wasn't that great his durability is only okay you know he just didn't feel great um and then i played a game into my buddy's hellfire club list on scoundrels mm-hmm. uh that opened my eyes when i decided so he looks like he should be a gun that sits like near your back point and uses hit and run to like dance in and out of the fight and make some attacks from back there. Kind of like an upgraded Shuri, yeah. right? Where he's got a really good push gun and you want him to like be at the edge of the fight and push people around. And like, he's okay at that. But where I actually had success in that game was I'm just like, you know what? He's just going to double walk to the center scoundrel turn one. 
right? Mm-hmm. It's Hellfire Club. They have a bunch of scenario pieces. They don't really have a lot to threaten him, especially when he has like quick draw and cover uh, and things like that. Yeah. Right. He's not going to just die immediately. Mm-hmm. And then he just sat on the middle point and was an enormous bully the whole game. Yeah. And he would use the hit and run to go forward more often than back. Um, and it's really, I think, to get the most out of Cyclops is actually setting yourself up for success with the speed of sight bonus attack trigger on his builder. Yeah. Every time I attack with Cyclops, I try to have two characters in range four of him, even if it feels like I'm overextending. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and because it's such. Marvel dice are like a roller coaster. And some of the <laughs> playing this game is understanding when to get on and off the roller coaster, right? Yeah. And when to give yourself opportunities to let dumb, silly things happen. And his builder is a great example of that, where mm-hmm. if you don't give him opportunities reliably to like pop off and do crazy stuff, he's not going to feel like a four. But if you do play him more aggressively and give him opportunities to use speed of sight, you're going to have turns where he shoots four things and pushes four models and feels like the best model you've ever played. Yes. And I want to... The first affiliation I am going to bring up, I think, helps make those turns happen more often. Mm -hmm. And it's Nudok. All right. Yeah. I'm down. Um, cause I think it actually, so Nudok is an interesting leadership because it helps, it, uh, is a leadership that gets better with quantity of dice rather than quality of dice. Yes. And, um, and it's both offensive and defensive. And I think the combination mm-hmm. of it allowing you, if you roll any wilds to get that speed of sight trigger, mm-hmm. as well as on defense uh, when you can wait and use that leadership when you are doing your extra defense dice mm-hmm. and really try and push for that uh, damage back effect. Yeah, I like that a lot. Um, so I like new Modoc. It seems more than a lot of people. Uh, I think he's kind of unappreciated. Um, and so I hadn't thought about him for this list, and I don't know why I didn't, because I have M'Baku on the list of places where I like Cyclops, <laughs> who has a very similar leadership. Uh, so we're definitely in the same headspace there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think, as you said, giving him more opportunities to get speed of sight just makes the character scale incredibly well. Yeah. Because, the like, so... I think people hear this all the time, but if you haven't played him a bunch, you don't might not understand. Uh, Field Leader is the best superpower on his card, and it's the best <laughs> thing on his card, yes. and it's one of the best superpowers in the game, right? And so, like, obviously, getting to attack four times and push three to four miles around feels really good, but mostly I just care about him getting power so he can Field Leader as well. Yes. Right? Uh, all I want to do is Field Leader him and stuff as much as possible, right? So, um, and so, like, <laughs> go ahead. That brings me to a drug I have found. And it's not, this is not a good team, but I'm going to throw it out there. I find him great in Asgard. Okay. Because field leadering a Loki bubble. Yes. He's such a drug. Yes. No, (laughs) there's a bunch of things like that, um, that I find really interesting, compelling for splashing him. Right. So, uh, I'm going to take a very brief detour to X-Men here, uh, but this applies to other factions. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so one of the things I have found sneaky good with Cyclops is moving bubbles, right? Yep. And the Loki bubble is a great example of this. Uh, one of the Cyclops rosters I've had the most fun with since we've got his update and since we've seen 
the new characters coming in March mm-hmm. is starting with a core of Cyclops, Cable, and Kitty Pride. Because you have two characters that can spend power to boost your defense dice and bubbles, right? Those are also bubbles in my head um, that you can easily reposition with Cyclops and you can use them to like leapfrog each other to move your bunker up the table. Yep. uh, Which feels really good. Uh, It feels really good with his leadership to be able to put power onto those characters to make sure they can boost your defense. Mm -hmm. And I also think that uh, Cyclops is sneakily one of the best characters to sacrifice and shunt attacks to, which yep. is another point in favor of Modoc too. Yep. Uh, I had a game yesterday uh, where I was playing Vince and he was playing a goblin list that had a Thanos in it. Mm-hmm. And he had a flipped goblin throw a death degreed spender into my kitty pride. Mm-hmm. I sack it to Cyclops. I use his quick draw because it doesn't add dice to the defense roll. It sets your dice to five, yep. so you're allowed to use that on sacrifice. And then Cable and Kitty's Bubbles both are a different character adding dice to your pool, so it also works with sacrifice. Mm-hmm. So I got to roll nine defense dice on a sacrifice attack and easily live through it. I'm so addicted to that. And so... <sighs> so what I'm mm-hmm. hearing from this story is that Vince has somehow returned to... Uh, a list that we talked about two years ago. <laughs> Thanos Spider I, for- I forgot he did that on the show. Yes, he. It's well, very I'm the one who designed that, that list originally. Oh, sure. All right. Well, I took it. Okay, let's go all the way in. I did that on the roster doctor back when that was a podcast. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> He is always trying to make spider foes work for him. Like every time he needs a brief break from shield, uh, like spider foes is one of the first things he goes to. And yep, yeah. he is goblin and Thanos and new Doc Ock who, uh, yes, the new Doc Ock feels really good. It turns out. Uh-huh. Uh, one of my favorite recent things to be doing is Steve three with Doc Ock on reserve member. Oh, sure. Because you get new yeah. Doc Ock builder, but then suddenly he's a 5-4-5 five, five defensive stat line. <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> but back to Cyclops and talking about uh, uh, defensive bubble shenanigans. Mm-hmm. Let's talk Winter God. Okay, yeah. Because um, they, they are a faction that has a bunch of defensive shenanigans that they can play off of. And... Oh my god, one of my favorite things is using martial prowess-like effects, which uh, his uh, uh, his defensive mm-hmm. ability is, with the disruption field, where you get to reroll yes. your opponent's dice. Yep. I've classically uh, been doing it with Electra in Winter God, but I can oh, see Cyclops sure. doing that role as well. Yeah, I mean, I it's... It's fun that, like, there's so many factions you can put Cyclops in and yeah. feel pretty good about it mostly because field leader is just an insane superpower yeah right field leader, um, it's moving dumb. moving dynamo around feels really good i also like him a lot in uh winter guard because i think dark star is quite good yeah and like field leadering her so that she can attack twice every turn that means she can teleport someone else every turn uh mm-hmm. starts getting compoundingly very interesting and right? she also has an underrated defensive shenanigan i think because mm-hmm. like 
People see, oh, it's an add two dice for three. That's not good. But people forget it also prevents being advanced, pushed, or placed by any physical or energy attack. Yeah, it's that little rider is very good. Um, I've already gotten to people like so. Kitty has like a not the same but similar thing where mm-hmm. with her defense bubble, if you're pushed or thrown, you get to place one. Yeah, um, which is definitely not as good as not being pushed. Dark Star is way better for sure. Mm-hmm. But even just that like place one to go back or adjust positioning after being pushed or thrown has felt really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and so an even better version of that fact is going to feel even better for sure. So Kitty Pride is a character I have a lot of complicated feelings with. Okay. Because I made a version of Kitty Pride as my first custom Marvel Crisis Protocol character. Mm, okay. And I think, and I, and I'm looking at the Kitty Pride and going like, I think I had some ideas better than the designers, but also it would push her up a threat level. Mm, sure. So, I have complicated yeah. feelings. <laughs> I mean, she is a character who, like, in fluff, has such a... There's a lot of different ways you could represent her oh, yeah. power set, right? Mm-hmm. Like, there's... Um, and so... Yeah, I mean, I, I can totally get being like, oh, this isn't quite what I imagined, because it's not quite what I imagined either. Uh, but having played with her now a couple times, uh, I think I don't know if I can definitely say she's the best of the new releases, but she's certainly my favorite. And it's like her or Nightcrawler is the best of the new things coming out in March. Uh, she's very, very good and very, very efficient for her cost. Yeah. Um, back to field leader shenanigans. Yeah. And this is a bad suggestion, but I must make it. Sure. I think field leader and Sinkerball is actually pretty useful (laughs) uh yeah i mean it is useful there it does do interesting things with the sin leadership uh you're then stuck playing the sin leader (laughs) i said it was bad at the (laughs) get-go um but yeah i mean putting people back onto points putting people back in contesting range right um that leadership that she has is weird to play around with mm-hmm. in the best of times. And so adding more layers of what your opponent has to think about, because it's not just like who's next to me, it's who could potentially be next to me after yeah. Cyclops is done, which is like anyone on the board <laughs> could come stand next to me if they're not already. And I think, I don't know if there's been people reevaluating Sin leadership much since Grunts came out. Because you can. Oh, it does work with grunts, doesn't it? It does. Interesting. I didn't notice that. Yeah, that's kind of cute. Uh huh. So, uh, your grunt has to be able to contest objective tokens if you're doing it for the first part, but any grunt can do the mm-hmm. range to make them drop drop an asset. Oh, okay. Huh. Yeah, I never thought about that. It's definitely, you know. <laughs> helpful for her to have. I don't know if it's just a needle, but it's interesting for sure. Yeah, I, I am all about the weird synergies that may not shift, <laughs> that may shift the needle, but maybe not shift the needle enough. Sure. Like I, I've mentioned it on the show many times. Did you know? Do you know that Miss Marvel, in a single move action, can flip all four, uh, um, uh, sword base tokens. Uh. I did not, but it makes sense because they're pretty tight together and she moves a long distance with her transforms. So, and she interacts at range two when she's transformed. Oh yeah. 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 All right. And so 
in in humans where you can get a seven power <laughs> and then just end activation do 450 flifties to see if you if you if if things are going bad that that's interesting you know it, yeah absolutely <laughs> i have so many of those weird things in my head um but back to cyclops um yeah I do think, I mean, this is kind of like a goes without saying for a lot of characters that come through this show. Um, but he, I think more than most, just because of how good field leader is, uh, any of the leaderships that can shunt power to him yep. feel extra good, right? Mm -hmm. uh, it's hard to get a better return on your investment than moving your characters around out of activation. Yeah. Um, so like you have to talk about him. I mean, in Inhumans, as we just talked about, mm -hmm. right? Uh, Black Bolt hates walking. That dude doesn't want to walk anywhere if he doesn't have to. Nope. Being able to move him around feels really good. Uh, it's kind of less valuable there just because they have in-faction ways of doing that with Medusa. Yes. Uh, which is pretty good, but mm -hmm. you know, Cyclops would be good in humans. Uh, I like him a lot in A-Force. Um, okay. I think the way... So I think my favorite way to play A-Force is you just make a very defensive bubble uh, that plays She-Hulk and Okoye. Yeah. Um, and then other defensive tech to just make a bunker. And so helping, you know, part of the problems of playing a bunker in this game of alternate activations is that at some point your She-Hulk, let's say, has to walk over to a point and leave the bunker and then the bunker has to catch up to her, right? Yeah. But there's that gap when you peels apart that your opponent can interact with it. And so just using the A-Force leadership to keep Scott full of power and then being able to use field leader to have your bunker march across the table without ever giving your opponent gaps in there to deal with it, mm -hmm. I think is really interesting. Yep. Um, I also think, uh, even though it's a very boring game plan, I think field leader is also very good in criminal syndicate. Um, just being able to put potatoes back on their place when your opponent manages to displace them. Mm-hmm. Very, very solid. Yeah, I also like him. Um, this was going to be part of my M'Baku and Wakanda pitch, right? But um, I think any teams that are trying to control the secures mm -hmm. uh, should at least look at him, right? Yeah. Like, he's obviously not as reliable as pushing models off of points as a Shuri is, right? Shuri yeah. is guaranteed. He has to roll a wild on five dice. Getting a wall on five dice, definitely not a guarantee. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? It's it's a little better than 50-50. Um, but th he has, like I said, if we go back to that original point about giving him the opportunities to shoot four, three to four times, mm -hmm. there's not many models that can push four size three models off of points while putting your own models back onto points. Yeah. And so I think combining his kind of more dicey secure control with someone like Shuri who can guarantee some stuff for you, right? Mm -hmm. So like if he Cyclops fails to get somebody important off, you have a backup plan and it can also feed him rerolls to try to, if you really need the wild to happen or you really yeah. need to hit the speed of sight, sure he can help with that. And then you have the Mbaku leadership to help even more. Like I think the combination of Baku and Shuri make for a pretty interesting control team with a lot of push guns. And you also have, uh, since we're talking about push guns, you also now have new King T'Challa leadership. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, 
I'm not. I really like Ibaku's leadership, so I think it'd be a tough sell to get me to switch off of that one for Cyclops because I think I'd rather shoot more often. Uh, but you know, adding guaranteed damage onto both Shuri's pushes and Cyclops pushes is certainly interesting yeah. uh, and worth looking at. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, there was some super. Okay, he he was my terrible pitch that I am planning to do once I get my box, which is going to be a little bit. Uh, sure. I'm going to put Claw in uh, King T'Challa. Okay. So that he can reactive end of an opponent's turn, use an action, uh, use his push to push them into a thing. Yeah, I like that. I think. I mean, I'm easy to say. I really like Claw. Right. Yeah. Um, I think he's quite good. I think he is unappreciated because he's weird. Uh, I spent a lot of time talking to Vodka Blitz about his claw list in the lead up to LVL as one of the like early believers that no, this is actually like there's something here. We have actually found a competitive good list in here. Uh, I'm I'm big on Team Claw. I I am I have started playing my very dumb version of the claw list, uh, which includes Bob. Interesting. Okay. Because each but how still triggers claw. Oh, hell yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm sold. <laughs> and yeah, you can trigger claw on your turn, uh, on Bob's turn by shooting yeah. the rocket. Yeah. It gives you that control over it. That's awesome. I kind of thought, assumed his leadership would just be, oh yeah, right, because it works on like the electroguns killing themselves too, so it makes sense it would work on Bob. Yeah. Um, let's just say the one game I have played so far was on a D, which I think is the worst thing for Claw. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's, not, it's harder, for sure. <laughs> um, and the only way I ever did damage was by automatic flat damage. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Punisher though did blew up two buildings and then a Bob rocket to kill uh, uh, Black Panther. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> an efficient way to get through his defenses. Uh, that was dis- that was after Electra did three attacks into Black Panther to deal a total of one damage. Oh no! <laughs> That's not what you're hoping for. No, it's not. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, I think I think there was some legs in that list, and I do. I think Bob is I is underappreciated right now. I think there's more interesting stuff you can do with him. I agree. I think the thing you got to think about with Bob, right, is that like there's sometimes you want your two threat to die later in the game for priority control, right? Mm-hmm. As you like still in killing enemy models. Sometimes if you're trying to stay roughly as tall as your opponent, that it can be a downside for your cheap model to not to die. Mm-hmm. But I also think that like there's plenty, you can build attrition lists that don't necessarily need to have priority every turn of the game to be successful. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you can find that type of list, Bob is uh, an incredible addition to that kind of thing. So, uh, And the more interesting thing to me is specifically in a character we mentioned earlier, uh, Nudok and OG Red Skull, who just having a Bob to shunt attacks to. Yes. And then Nudok getting to uh, spend Bob's power, which he's not going to use for anything anyway, to reroll. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. Um, unfortunately, got your back does not trigger on but how? Uh, that's probably for the best. <laughs> <laughs> it would be very fun to be the Bob player in that situation, but <laughs> probably I for think, the best. Yeah, I think that's probably okay. Uh huh. Um. So we've talked about many of options, and I imagine there are more <laughs> options we could talk about. But yes. is there one of the options that we've talked? One of the many options we've talked about that really calls to you? Hmm. I think the one I'm most interested. So it's a close tie uh, between Wakanda and the Modoc criminal syndicate. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, again, both those leaderships really up his odds to do wild stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also, you know, both of those characters don't love having to walk. It's a little easier for Mbaki to walk around, but both of them would rather just double attack every turn. Uh, one of them mm-hmm. uh, can shunt attacks into uh, Cyclops for him to do five dice stuff to. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, I it's very close between both of them, the shenanigans, but yeah, uh, let's do Scientist Supreme Modoc. That sounds fun. Yes. Um. Who is your first criminal syndicate member for a new doc to jump in? That's interesting. Because, like, a lot of my previous thoughts around new doc has been as a backup plan for Kingpin. Because I think uh, on the secures where Kingpin is bad, I think Modoc is the best option in criminal who likes a lot of the same models, mm-hmm. right? Uh, like you said, kind of those bigger potatoes with the bigger dice pools is what Modoc is after. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of characters like Rhino and the things Kingpin really likes worked well for Modoc. But I don't know if I've ever sat down to build a Modoc focused roster. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's. I'm just trying to think. Because Criminal Syndicate has an interesting suite of characters. Yes. Um, and there is one that kind of jumps out to me as being really darn good in MODOK. Okay. Who may... I don't know. I, I have not kept up on Kingpin Tech to know if they have snuck their way into Kingpin lists. But I think Gwenpool is super solid in Nudok. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um... I've seen her in some rosters. Like I know our mutual friend Jacob Frelinger has been mm-hmm. playing Gwenpool in his Kingpin Modoc roster and liking her a lot. Um, yeah, I mean, I my thoughts on Gwenpool. I think why she is kind of ignored some of the time is she's just a pile of stats. They're yeah. really good stats, right? Mm-hmm. She has above average everything above average mobility above average damage above average durability but she doesn't excel at any one thing yes. and she doesn't have anything like unless until we get to her tactics cards uh, mm-hmm. on her own card nothing she does is like unique right yeah. it's all pretty standard stuff my biggest all... critique of this character continues to be that they took one of the wackiest characters <laughs> in marvel crisis protocol and designed one of the boringest characters in in marvel crisis protocol they really did yes um but i i think i still think the gwenpool squirrel box is really interesting and more people should pick it up Especially if there's a gymnastics event in your area, because Squirrel Girl <laughs> kills gymnastics. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. I like Squirrel Girl. I she's one of those characters that like 
if I had infinite time to play this game, I would try to figure out more ways to play Squirrel Girl because unlike Gwenpool, she has some really interesting and unique and different tech that is hard for me to evaluate without getting more games on it. Mm-hmm. And if you ever play gymnastics, uh, Squirrel Girl just turns off reality gym. Oh, sure. Yeah, that was pretty handy to have. <laughs> Which is why she is so good in gymnastics. <laughs> She's also probably pretty good with her own reality gym, too. Yeah, cause she gets double weebles. And stuff. It starts doing a lot of damage, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, has it's, more power to fuel turning off reality gems. It's, I, I still want to put a, a reality gem on an Ulik. Oh, sure. Yeah. Because it gets him his turn one hop. Mm-hmm. And reality gem on Ulik is, just sounds scary, especially with how tough he already is. No, no. The two things I feared going into uh, gymnastics year, this year was reality gem Ulik. Um, mm-hmm. and Soul Gem Dynamo. Oh, sure. Yeah. I could get out of hand real quickly. Yeah. <laughs> that just seems like <laughs> a thing that could get out of hand. <laughs> but I think we're both in agreement that Gwenpool seems pretty solid for this list. Yeah. I, I mean, she's just a good workhorse character. Right? I don't think she has any special synergy with mm-hmm. either Cyclops or Nudoc, but... Well, You will put her on the table and she will do jobs that you need to get done and do them reliably. I think uh, Nudoc allowing her to hit her bag of tricks trigger more consistently. Oh, yeah. It does make her gun a little bit better. That's true. And suddenly being able to actually incinerate people with Mm -hmm. some amount of consistency, I think it's powerful in both respects. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. I kind of forgot because like most of the time I see Gwenpool either trying to use her sword, which is a way better attack or as like her spender going. So I kind of forgot her gun had an incinerate option, but yeah, it's definitely so useful it is, to have. It can do bleed, shock, incinerate, or poison. And three of those conditions are really dang good. <laughs> yes. I agree that three of them are great and that's plenty. Yeah. And they're great in different situations, and I think it covers most of the situations you want to play. Yes. Okay. Uh, Yeah, I'm on board. Um, Oh, I know. This roster needs my favorite criminal syndicate model of all time, which is Mysterio. Oh. Yeah, no, I can see Mysterio getting him just that little bit more consistency on those attacks um, to actually get the advance off. Fantastic. And then... When he's rolling five defense dice, that defensive uh, bonus will kick in pretty easily. Yep. But really, what I want to do is I want him to play the Grand Illusion, and then I want to use Field Leader to move that around, because that seems really obnoxious. (laughs) That also seems really obnoxious. And and just moving tricks and traps around to deny space. Yes. Also, like... There's definitely times with Mysterio where he has to use tricks and traps to like run away from an opponent, which means he could get like bullied off of a secure trying to stay alive. Mm -hmm. And so having Cyclops there to be able to put him back on a point if he did have to dip out for whatever reason could make his follow up turns much better than they would be normally. Mm -hmm. Um, Uh. Someone I've enjoyed in New Doc, and I think is seeing a little bit of a surgence, is Taskmaster. Okay. 
Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I keep trying to convince Vince to play Taskmaster. Uh, it doesn't work out very well, but that's fine. <laughs> I, he's very much like a Gwenpool to me mm-hmm. in that he's a very consistent, kind of boring, but useful dude. Yeah. Who I don't... Usually, it's played correctly. He will never have, like, terrible games. He'll also never, like, run the table. He will just go and do the work that you need to get done. Mm-hmm. But being able to shunt attacks into him, mm-hmm. oh. Um. Then another character that's not officially criminal syndicate traded, but I must bring up. Okay. Um. New bu- uh, uh, Bucky with slowed at. Oh right, yeah. Uh, I do like sold at. Uh, it's a very very good card. Uh, making. It easier for Modoc to play it up a little bit, like more forward. I think is super useful to have. Uh, and then also we have the field leader to if they manage to disconnect our pair, we can field leader the Bucky back into position before Bucky's activation, so Bucky still gets the bonus power. Yeah, I like that. I mean, I like. Having multiple hit-and-run characters helps the list spread out, too, on the ones where it needs to. Like, I think it's very easy to build this new Doc Cyclops list that's going to be really good in the central brawls, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's where Mysterio and Grand Illusion is the best. Modoc being able to just sit on his back point and shoot away feels really good. Cyclops is good there. So, like, I think the list kind of builds itself when yeah. it comes to dealing with the tighter fights and where you have to start looking for tech and help will be on the more spread out ones. And I think having like both uh, new Bucky and Cyclops with hit and run can definitely help the list spread out some. Uh, and also Gwenpool's pretty good, the more spread out stuff too. So I like having her here for that as well. So if we're looking at like understanding the, also having tech for the spread out matchups, there are two criminal syndicate characters that I find I love on spread out matchups. Okay. Uh, which is Electra. Okay. I think she can take 1v1s very, very well. And she has a surprising amount of mobility. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like Elektra, too. Um, I know, like, I've been talking to Vodka Blitz about her in the claw list, and she's kind of, like, instrumental on the staple there. Yeah. Um, I haven't gotten any table time with new Elektra yet myself, so I'm still, like would want to see some games there, but I do, I think she is a good character now. Like, I think it's yeah. hard to argue. She used to be one of the worst things in the game, and she's now a very good character. Having grunts is nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you have to be smart about what matchups you put her into in the oh. one-on-ones. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of them she can win, but there's a couple characters that will eat her lunch and you'll feel really sad about it. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. But that's just part of playing this game. Or like Picking your matchups during like deployment, turn zero, turn one, is mm-hmm. part of this game. right? So I don't think that's like a unique fault of mm-hmm. Electra. And then also, I love Craven the Hunter. I think he is an underrated character. I also quite like Craven. Um, that is not at all a tough sell to me. Um, he is one of those characters. Like I understand why people are just a little bit down on him. Um, and I do wish, I don't know, he's like one more health or something, just like a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but I also get that like, so he has these ideal turns that are like totally nuts. Right. But it's not trivial to set those up. Right. He has to start 
in melee as a pretty squishy model Mm -hmm. to be able to get his most damage out. But when you do that, he feels great. Yeah. Right. Um, And I also think he feels like a perfectly acceptable three, even if you're not getting his ideal case off. Right. Like I think people see the ideal, they want to hit the peak and every time they don't, they're like, Oh, this character sucks. And I Mm -hmm. think you just like, you understand that he's going to do that maybe once or twice a game. And on other turns, he's just going to make, one to two reasonable attacks and dart around a little bit and that's good enough and he is also in a class of characters that i think is just underrated across the board um maybe because of the prevalence of midline extract grabs which i think is adjusting right now okay okay Um, uh it's characters who can attack someone on the midline and still make a midline secure in what on turn one Oh, sure. Yeah, because you can always walk and spear thrust and then walk again. Yep. And I think that is an entire class of characters that just consistently get underrated. Yeah. um, I definitely would be happy to include him here as probably the Criminal Syndicate 3 that I like the most on Spread Out Secures. It's like him or Black Cat, but Black Cat is like such a different model. Yeah. Right? Um, But like... He is very good at moving from one point to another while doing things. Um, I really like his corner of the beast, the pay yeah. two power, and then every time a model moves, it suffers a damage. Uh, and especially I'm, on spread out secures, where you yes. where it allows you to out rotate your opponent, basically. Yes, or make them real sad about trying to chase you down. Yeah, yeah. I really like automatic damage in general. Uh, pretty much every source of automatic damage in this game, I've enjoyed uh, and i think is underrated to some degree or another mm-hmm. um and yeah i think there's definitely turns where just like putting corner of the beast on one or two things and double walking to a different point is a really good activation um that can cause your opponent a lot of like subtle headaches mm-hmm. it he is a character much in the same way loki is when a bunch of his power is not felt on your side of the board but felt as roadblocks on your opponent's side of the board Mm-hmm. Um, because I constantly have this conversation where people do not get Loki. They just like he's not mm. doing much, and I'm like, <laughs> no, you have to understand, he is causing a million issues for your opponent that you do not see. Yes, definitely. So, I think the ones we were a hodd percent on were, of course, Modok, Gwenpool, yep. Mysterio, and Craven. What if yep. we talked about a couple others? What which ones do you want to slot in? Uh, yeah. So the other two that I wrote down on, on my maybe pile was both Electra and Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm happy to pencil those two in. Uh, which Winter Soldier? Uh, the new one. New one. Okay. Yeah, new Bucky. Mm-hmm. Um, let's. Yeah, I'm just kind of looking at the criminal list real quick before we start looking at unaffiliated things to round this out. Yeah. Uh, I feel like we would be fools to not include a Rhino or a Black Cat. And I think yeah. Rhino is the more interesting of those two options for this list. Yeah. I... I... I agree with you, but I also... <laughs> I find Rhino kind of a boring character. Oh, he's so boring. I hate Rhino. Uh, <laughs> I had to play him in my LVO roster because I just needed efficient steals to try to deal with Web Warriors. Mm-hmm. And he 
did his job as best he could every game and disappointed me every game. Uh, I'm just... I wish he was a little more interesting. I wish he was a little bit more reliable, Mm -hmm. but this is a robbery is a very, very good card. Yes. I am also a human torch truther. Oh yeah. I I think Uh, people have consistently forgotten human torch. And I think if you, you plan your extract suite around it, since most teams plan around secure, if you plan around your extract suite, you're going to get it 75 to 80% of the time, I think. Mm-hmm. And I think he's the most efficient steal there is right now on the extract end. I like Human Torch a lot as well. Um, I think I have uh, there's a shield list that leverages him mm-hmm. uh i don't know if i'd play him unaffiliated but i really like him in that shield list because uh there's a bunch of cool affiliated characters that work well with him um mm-hmm. i think in general with human torch the more your other models can apply incinerate the better he feels because generally i want everyone to be set on fire before human torch activates and then he can just kind of like bat clean up for all mm-hmm. that the setup that the rest of your team did and so putting him in shield where you have Agent Venom grenades and the Commando grenades and also a Pyro because Pyro rules, um, mm-hmm. you can set up some really crazy turns for Torch. But I do think, unlike the other extracts, like I agree with you, he's very efficient uh, on the setups that he likes, but he requires more list building, like you said, yeah. on both Crisis and also characters, mm-hmm. right? Where like Rhino and Rhinobri, you can just slap anywhere yeah. and feel okay about it. Mm-hmm. Um. But I think I think there are going to be a couple of affiliation teams. Um, going back to Claw, I am playing him in my version of Claw right now just because he is a four energy defense three threat, and my two core Claw things are pay to flips. Oh sure, okay. Uh, energy pay to flips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so I think he he has some solid play in there, and. That's not that hard of a list building like kerfuffle to get around because he already plays into what the claw list I have designed wants to play into. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think there's going to be a couple teams that need to take a step back from their list and go, how much would it damage me to reconfigure this to allow a human torch rather than a slot in piece? Sure. I could see that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But yes, I, I have many out there opinions that not everyone agrees with. <laughs> it's all part of the fun. Yes, I, I, I am still someone who thinks uh, Proxima Midnight is one of the most underrated three threats in the game. Yeah, um, I like Proxima. I think she kind of fits the same niche that seems to appeal to you of Gwenpool of Taskmaster, where like nothing Proxima does is like super unique or flashy. She's just again, hyper efficient, She's... very fast, very durable, good yeah. damage. <laughs> I have had games where she has killed three people in a single round. Part of that is That's because impressive. they did not reach. So uh, this is the biggest stomp I've ever had. And I don't like playing stomps. Okay. I my my sure. uh phrase has always been I would much prefer to lose a close game than win a blowout. Okay. Just the type of person I am. 
Mm-hmm. It was Cube's old Gamma. Okay. And I was like playing Criminal Syndicate because one of my friends wanted, one of our locals wanted, hey, I haven't had any practice into criminal, Kingpin Criminal Syndicate. Can you bring Kingpin Criminal Syndicate mm-hmm. so I can get mm-hmm. some practice into it? Yeah. I scored out 16 points at the end of turn two. That's pretty gross. Yep. And that partially because uh, he did not uh, quite, even though I told him, he did not quite grok Mm -hmm. Proxima Midnight. So Proxima Midnight, he went into Proxima Midnight uh, with one health left, died. Proxima Uh. Midnight activated, woke up, killed another person, and then Quantum Starburst killed a third person. There it is. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can't really ask for more out of your three threat than knocking down three models. Yeah. Oh, uh, 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 and uh, the uh, f- uh, first person she killed, she killed off of a spear throw to set up landing on their back gamma point. Oh, gross. Yeah. That feels pretty good. So she was by herself scoring three points off of the back game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, that one I think great. we re-racked into an interesting game after that. But that one was, ooh. Yeah, I mean, that was, I don't know. That was old Gamma, right? Everybody who plays old <laughs> Gamma has seen a game like that happen where it's just, oh, God, that's a lot of points too quickly. I, I remember the old Gamma days where I would be playing Hulkbuster Kingpin Hood as my 15. Gross. And then yep. running Hulkbuster <laughs> onto the back point and going yep. like, what are you going to do about this guy? <laughs> oh, Gamma. So we have two slots left. Yeah. And I also think, so we might have to cut some of the people we penciled in because yeah. we've done the thing that seems to happen a lot when I do Cyclopsless is that we have so many four threats. Yes. We have six four threats at the moment. That is probably too many fours. Well, uh, but and, we can... and that's why I asked which uh, Bucky, because Slowdat can be used with three threat Rogue Agent Bucky. It can, but I don't think three threat Bucky helps us out where we need help the most. And that's I think fair. we could do better than that. Um, but yeah, I think one or both of he and Electra are on the bubble, but let's let's see what we need room for. Yeah. Um, so the first thought I have is that I want to diversify threat level a little bit. I want a two, and I want something that costs five or more. Okay. Could be affiliated, could not be, but I want to start flexing in those directions to make squad building easier. Well, we were taught... I, I mentioned him earlier in relationship to Nudok, but Bob taking a bullet for a new doc is always a fun time, in my opinion. Yeah, so there's two two threads that I like uh, and I think are interesting here, and Bob is one of them. The other one that I think is worth looking at um, is actually Honey Badger. Yeah. Uh, So I have had a very hot and cold relationship with Honey Badger. Uh, I liked her a lot when I was playing her in X-23 and Guardians when they first came out. Mm -hmm. Then I was playing Storm and I hated Honey Badger and wanted nothing to do with her. Uh, And now I'm back on the pro Honey Badger train. Mm -hmm. Um, I think she has one of the most fun bubbles. It's a very small bubble, but yes. moving around ankle biter with field leader feels really good. Uh-huh. A lot of people will be like, Oh, well, I'm going to be on her secure, but it's far away from responsible. So I don't get ankle bit. Right. And then Cyclops being able to just be like, 
and she's back next to you and I get to shoot you twice at minus one defense. Yeah. Feels really good. Um, mm-hmm. And then, I mean, you could shunt attacks to her, but also she kind of helps protect not just Modok, but everyone in this list with her taunt. Oh, yeah. Right. And she mm-hmm. gives you, you'll want someone who can go up into the middle of the table. And we have some of that, right? Like Gwenpool can kind of do it. Mysterio's happy to do it. Um, mm-hmm. But like Nudok and Cyclops want to be close to the front, but they don't want to be the models in front. Yeah. Right? They want some stuff in front of them. And so I think Honey Badger is a perfectly good pickup for that role as well. I I, I can definitely 100% see that for Honey Badger. Um, All right. So let's pencil her in for now. Okay. Yep. And then who are you thinking in that five plus range? Well, there's a bunch of options here, yeah. right? Um, so I think a effective but not really synergistic one here would be Ulik. Yep. Uh, he's affiliated. He's a five. He's good at the spread out crises that we're maybe a little worried about, but like doesn't really get any crazy benefits from New Doc. Doesn't really get any crazy benefits from Cyclops. Uh, you know, he's happy to have field leader, but he's pretty mobile. He's usually good at getting where he needs to get to on his own. Uh, he'd be interested in the Cyclops leadership, but that's not the list we're building. So um, I would be fine. Me... Oh, okay. Let me bring up something that sure. uh, isn't quite out yet, but we have seen the card for. Okay. Uh, talking about a bubble. Mm-hmm. Have you gotten any table time with Shadow King? I haven't played him myself, but there's I have a local who's like the biggest fan of the like Green Goblin Mysterio Trap House list. Like anything with tricks and traps, you know, Cassandra Nova, he loves all those models. Mm-hmm. And so like the minute after Shadow King was spoiled whatever many months ago, he printed out that card, had a proxy and has been playing it. I really like Shadow King. Mm-hmm. And I think giving him a little bit extra mobility from that field leader is really good. Yes. Uh, he has a dumb builder he is the best builder in the game <laughs> it's really gross um i like so man there's a bunch of things i didn't think about shadow king and criminals here but i think it's super interesting in a bunch of different ways right yeah. so like his builder is incredibly efficient i mean six die mystic is really good wild root crazy good advancing characters any direction you want just for dealing damage is mm-hmm. incredibly good like, I really do think this is in the conversation, if not just the best builder in the entire game. Yeah. Uh, and so the more you can make Shadow King just double attack things with the builder, the better he's going to feel. Mm-hmm. And you're giving him uh, a little bit of extra offensive value with the leadership. Yes. And he also that advance allows you to set people back up because if he's he's actually can kind of be a front line. Yes. Yeah, in the right matchups and with like a little bit of help, like Honey Badger, for example, if we can yep. make that all fit, uh, he can be very tanky, right? Because uh, the combination of so one, I think his self heal is unappreciated, right? Yeah. Um, so, oh, man, I have so many Shadow King thoughts. I'm trying to get this all out at once. Uh, so, <laughs> I struck a chord. One, tip with shadow king is you try very hard to not use his spender unless you really need it to happen you like really need something to die and it's the best way of doing it and you try not to use his projection token unless again you really need either its ability to reach out and touch someone or you're trying to put you have like 10 power and you want nightmare visions in multiple places 
Um, but otherwise, he should save all of his power for Nightmare Visions and Immortal Essence. All right. Uh, functionally, giving himself Healing Factor 3 is really good. <laughs> like, if you can't bring this dude in one activation, he can activate in between and heal three. He starts becoming pretty tanky pretty fast. Again, yeah. especially with Sacrifice and Honey Badger and other things like that to mm-hmm. kind of spread the attacks around. Um, yeah. Paying three power to heal three is wildly efficient. And then Nightmare Visions. So I've seen a whole bunch of people really down on Nightmare Visions because the first time you read it, it looks like just a worse version of Tricks and Traps. It costs more. It rolls less dice. Why would I be? And only triggers on advances, not all forms of movement. And so I've seen a bunch of people like, what? What? what's the point of any of this? Right? And it's like, well, the point is it moves the enemy model and not Shadow King. Yes. And that is by far the strongest one of these reactive effects that we have seen in the game, mm-hmm. right? Uh, it's stronger than tricks and traps. It's stronger than goblins trick or treat or Bucky's kill box where they blow up terrain and throw it at you. Right. Um, Which it, uh, I, I have to digress a second. Sure. Um, because one of my favorite combos in this game is, uh, do you know the Texas cards shrieking Arashi? Oh Yeah. That's the thing where, like, you get a big attack, but they get a chance to try to walk into cover. Yes, and them walking into cover can trigger you blowing up the terrain with Killbox <laughs> <laughs> and still getting the full dice of the attack. All right, that's pretty funny. That's <laughs> <laughs> well, a pretty specific setup, but that's really cool if it happens. And Green Goblin is Criminal Syndicate affiliated. He absolutely is. And, you know, you can sold that your... Criminal Leader 2, if you want that. Yeah. Hold that on Shadowlands. Not the worst thing. <laughs> it is so, uh, It is not quite my white whale, because that is still <laughs> getting to actually fully resolve a fearful symmetry. Oh, sure. Yeah. Which is becoming more viable by the day as Spectacular <laughs> Spider-Man gets more play. Yeah, they finally made a good Peter Parker, so your chances have never been higher. <laughs> well... They made a good Peter Parker an amazing Peter, but that's not a Peter Parker Craven could kill. <laughs> yeah, fair. <laughs> anyway, back to Shadow King. Yeah, so, like, Nightmare Visions is... I th- so the way I think people need to think about this power is that, like, if you're... If he's holding out a point and your opponent wants to come over there, your opponent has a 56% chance that their activation just turns into walk, get pushed, walk again. Right. Mm -hmm. Unless the character coming at him has additional mobility to kind of be able to move around nightmare visions or like move an attack. Mm -hmm. Uh, But like it's a normal model. You can like half the time that model just walks twice and that's the whole turn. Just really good. Yeah. Especially in a team that has both his builder and Cyclops's push gun to just move them back out of there. Right. So it's like, okay, well I'm going to take this turn off. Yeah. I get nightmare vision. It's fine. I'll walk in there and then I'll be ready to go for next turn. And very easily this list can just be like, (laughs) no, get out of here. Right. And just like shove that model so far away. And now they have to try to walk back into nightmare visions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That seems very strong. So annoying. (laughs) Also, if we want to get extra interesting here, um, oh, Nate, never mind. That doesn't work. Uh, but I do. So the only hesitation I have with Shadow King, I think I'm still happy to give him a slot. Um, he does 
feel the best on the central things that we're already pretty good at. Yeah, that's, right? like that is a very fair assessment. Which, I mean, you know, we do want to make sure that we're very, very competent at those, because like when it comes time to picking our secures, we're going to pick at least some of the central brawls, right? Mm-hmm. We want... Maybe we might not be the full gamma demon intrusions. We'll get there, but we're going to have some of those. Yeah. Um, and so we don't want to be too soft on them either. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I do think um, having an excuse to play more Shadow King certainly sounds interesting. Um, so I'm happy to pencil him in, but I'm just going to take Let's... a spin through the five threats and make sure I'm not forgetting anyone. Uh-huh. He's like, Angela. Uh... She's like another Ulik, but I'd rather have Ulik. Yeah. Especially since it looks affiliated. Uh, yeah. Amazing Peter is interesting, but I'm not quite sure. He feels too much in the other direction. Sure. Yeah. Um, I could see Strange Supreme. Um, yeah, I'm interested. Yeah, that seems reasonable. Uh, he's good at the spread out secures probably like not quite as good as Ula because he's his like 1v1 fighting is really interesting and it largely depends on how much scalpel can protect him yeah uh, but if they have mobility to get back in and hit him he could die pretty quickly mm-hmm. but if scalpel is good it's incredible um so he's good on the spread out stuff he's another gun uh obviously this list is kind of a list built around having like field leader and movement effects so having another teleport to be able to put allies and places is certainly interesting. Mm-hmm. I could also see Space Maw. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think... I mean, he ends up feeling similar to a Sorcerer Supreme to me. I mean, obviously, they're very different characters, but yeah. the general role of, like, pretty good on a flank on his own, but not great, kind of mobile, kind of squishy. Uh, mm-hmm. I think they end up in the same bucket. Uh, oh, I guess... The space ball reminded me that, like, Loki with a gem. We like Loki yeah. here. I like both gems on Loki. <laughs> yeah, no, both gems on Loki is very good. And as we said, just doing field leader on a Loki bubble is a drug all of its own. Mm-hmm. So I will, I will never complain about Loki. <laughs> I, I, I am certain that I will soon have to play some X-Men. Because they have suddenly become the power control faction, and I can maybe make affiliated death and taxes work. Oh yeah, absolutely. I I definitely think there's something there if Xavier and Rogues and Deadpool's and Loki's and all sorts of obnoxious stuff. Yep. And I I think Splash Groot is also underrated, and I think he's going to play really well in there. Oh sure, yeah, I'd be down for that. Because suddenly him healing himself. Give the power to someone else? Yeah, like you can be very confident he will use a superpower every turn. Yeah. It would be very hard for him not to find a good situation to use one of his two superpowers, if not both, so you know he's going to keep the engine going. And he also is a great target for it because his spender is bonkers. Oh, yeah. One of the best spenders on a three threat. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Are we thinking Loki? Yeah, I've made it through the list of five threats and nobody else. And, you know, I so I've been playing Ultron two a bunch in X Men. I like yeah. him a lot under Storm. I like him a lot under Cyclops as well. 
but I think like field leadering him is obviously very helpful because Ultron's one weakness is lack of movement. Mm -hmm. But I do think also the extra power from the Cyclops leadership is an important part of why I like Ultron there. Mm -hmm. Right. The the grunts the grunts being able to attack and give Ultron power before Ultron activates is really cool. Um and mm -hmm. so I'm less high on the Cyclops Ultron combination when you're not getting both of those things. Yeah. I've been playing so. a fair bit of Ultron in uh, Winter God and Convocation. Oh, hell yeah. Yep. I have a Winter God Convocation dual affiliated roster. Okay. Uh, because for some reason, every Russian has four mystic defense. Yep, sure I do. And then Ultron with his... Oh my god, Ultron on books taunts is dumb. <laughs> Just invincible, yeah. Just, just totally invincible. Uh, but being able to uh, summon the grunts out uh, with Ultron and then mm -hmm. in uh, Winter God using the Winter God leadership to drop the stag off of them so they still get a double attack the turn they yeah. come out. Feels great. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> um. Yeah, no. I think of the fives, I like Loki the best. It really sounds the most fun here. Yeah. Um. And I think for the situation we're in, I'm going to put in Mind Loki over Space Loki. That makes sense. Uh, there's, I, I like both gems on him. It's hard to go wrong. Yeah. Um, I like gemless Loki too. I like all three versions of Loki. Um, but I do think on, you know, if we are on the spread out stuff, his ability to just like, well, maybe I can't kill you, but I can make sure you don't end up standing on my point yeah. is pretty useful. And just like the walk, walk, mind gem someone off a point is really good on those. So and, I think that kind of tips it over the edge for me. And also his flip side is so dastardly. Oh, it's gross. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So are we swapping out a four threat for a three threat? Because I think that would be the option. I think so. Yeah. Yes. I'm pretty happy with everything, kind of looking at this at a high level, but I think probably uh, I would cut Winter Operative Bucky 2. Mm -hmm. uh, I think Electra has some more interesting options available than And she she's officially affiliated, which helps out as well. Yep. Uh, I do really, really like All According to Plan. Uh, yeah. I think it's one of the best tactics cards in the game, mm -hmm. and so having characters who can pay for that uh, definitely... Get some points in their favor. So, talking of three threats, I mm -hmm. must bring up one of a, a underground favorite for me that I've okay. talked about a lot on this show. I fucking love Scourge. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Man, you really yeah. The like efficient stat sticks are just your jam because he's <laughs> you know he's a taskmaster. He's one other one of those. Uh, he just like has decent mobility, decent durability, and. Kind of wildly good damage for his cost. Wildly good damage for his co I have played this guy with a uh, uh, recruit member where suddenly he's doing a seven dice swing. <laughs> oh. Yeah, any kind of buffs on top of his attack profile start feeling really good. But also he has right hand man, so watch the taunt style effects are so much better when you have field leaders set them up. I agree. Yep. Um. And I also think uh, Scuttlebutt on me is an underrated card. Um, yeah, it's a little bit... I really want to like that card. It's just a little too dicey for me. Um, I'm... And this is, like, definitely into personal preference territory. Yeah. Um, but, like, I don't like 
tactics cards that aren't like guarantees or basically guarantees. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. you only get five of them and I want them to, like I want to have a plan for them. I want to know what they're going to do. Yeah. And I want them to kind of be... To some extent, like my safety valve when Marvel dice and randomness is starting to get out of hand, mm-hmm. uh, which Scuttlebutt is not one of those cards. No. Scuttlebutt is a card that can do some crazy stuff. Uh, you know, you spend a good amount of power and it's right, free attack, you know, that can throw any size character. Yep. That's a good thing to have in your pocket. Mm-hmm. Um, but the diciness of it always puts oh, me yeah. off a little bit. No, 100% fair. Um yeah, I I like my workhorses. Yes. Um. Like you, one of my favorite characters. This says a lot about me. One of my favorite characters in the entire game is Black mm-hmm. Widow, Agent of Shield. Oh, okay. Man, I haven't seen her in forever. I still play her fairly consistently. <laughs> She's super. F- her instructor is so much fun. Because you can actually oh, get yeah. Widow's Kiss to be like 10 or 11 dice. Yeah, that seems really good. I like that. <laughs> but also, I, I used to play Widow Bomb back in the day. Oh, okay. Sure. The version of Widow Bomb that I played has gone three cards either banned or changed. Because, <laughs> oh. of course, all you've got, banned. Yep. Doom Prophecy changed. Yep. I was also playing Hulk in that list, so mid-activation when you ran out of targets, you could uh, Gamma Launch her. <laughs> Two more targets. Yeah. And Gamma Launch has been changed to only Hulk's activation. I mean, that's probably for the best. <laughs> what? Okay. There is one minute change that they made in that first update. Okay. Uh, that no one commented on but me. Okay. Black Panther had a minor change that everyone missed. Because bef- yeah. before, mm-hmm. his pounce was once per activation. Oh, okay. So if you were all you've got in, you could get a second <laughs> pounce. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Yeah, okay. And it turned to once per turn, like everything else in the game, and no one remembers. Everyone just kind of glossed over it. Yeah. Because everyone's just sense memory was, of course this was once per turn. That's what everything is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's like, per activation is just not words people have seen or used to be seeing. So, um, I want to bring up another very dumb stat stick. Okay. That I like with Nudok. Okay. Which is Drax. Okay. Yeah. Um, I I like Drax more than I like Scourge for this list. Um, mm-hmm. Because uh, my only knock against Scourge is that I think he can be too easily picked on and killed if he doesn't have Odin's Blessing. I really like having Odin's Blessing for him. Mm-hmm. And without that, sometimes he can just fall over. Um, yeah. Drax having similar defenses, but with damage reduction, means mm-hmm. I'm much more trusting that he is going to survive. You know, he'll take those hits yeah. and still be around. I, um, I've played a fair bit of Scourge in Red Skull Criminal Syndicate and in okay. Guardians, of Gal- uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay. When I was doing, let's play both Scourge and Bill in Guardians and have Scuttlebutt mm. online from two positions on the board. 
Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. So the Drax thing, hmm, that's kind of fun. Uh, I mean, he's definitely a dude who can sit on the front line. Uh, mm-hmm. And he'll do good damage. He likes both parts of the Modoc leadership, right? Uh, yep. A little more damage, a little more durability. It's pretty great for him. Uh, he does have, this is probably like a thing that won't come up very often, but like, so people complain about Drax not having action compression, right? Yeah. Which is a thing that gets bandied around a lot. And it's like literally true, but what he has is his stupid vengeance token that is really unappreciated, right? Like, yes. And in Nudoc, you can. Oh, I take this first attack with Modok. They go in for the second attack. Cool, I'm redirecting it to Drax, so now Drax gets the vengeance token. Yeah, like a walk and an eight die is not really that far off of two fives, right? No. Like, <laughs> uh, that's that's a big swing that can mm-hmm. do a lot, and that's kind of like his version of compensation for not having a charge or anything like that. Yeah. Um, and so, again, this is where I think this is probably only going to come up like once every ten games, but it'll feel really great. Uh in that line of play you just said, where it's like, okay, Modok takes the first attack, second attack, shunt it to Drax. Being able to field leader him towards the person that has the vengeance token oh, yeah. so that he starts in melee with vengeance ready to go, it's going to be a lot of damage. Yeah. Because um, that's what, an eight dice and then a five dice at minimum? Yep. Like, not even going into... Hey, I am, no matter the costing, a spender, so I'm sitting at the perfect high amount of damage to get, like, 12 dice into you. Yep. And a throw. <laughs> yes. And then potentially more throws. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, his... Uh, yeah, I mean, I do think... Uh, uh, this isn't the Drax episode, this is the Cyclops episode, but uh, Drax with no matter the cost can have some kind of absurd turns, because the spender is so cheap. Like, I've it's not out of the realm for him to be able to nomadic cost a spender buy a spender himself and also buy his superpower throw like yeah. only six power in a card. And uh-huh. that's uh, a lot of bowling, right? If people are lined up, you can knock a lot of big characters into other big characters. Yeah, no, that, that is a whole lot of bowling. Cause he is also a two, a three threat with a size three throw. Yeah. He's one of what, like two, three, it's him and spectacular. I know. And uh, I think there is one more that we are forgetting that's uh, probably uh, the... yeah there's probably one it's, more it's that's rare. an underplayed character that, yeah oh you have a size we throw and nothing else uh, but yes the majority of them are only thrown around side. I mean there's you know, like Gwen can do it on her spender kind of conditionally there's stuff like that but as far as yeah. like guaranteed size three throws hard to find at his threat level mm-hmm. um other three threats. Um, there's just so many interesting ones. Um, yeah, I'm trying to see if there's any other affiliated threes that are interesting, but like... That is the real like weakness in Crimson right now, is the affiliated three threats are... Uh, weird and rough, yeah. yeah. Like, Black Cat, obviously good, would be totally fine here, but that's boring, mm-hmm. so I'm not going to do it. Uh, original Crossbones, not a fan. He's okay. <laughs> he gets a bad rap, but uh, I think new Crossbones, actually pretty good, mm-hmm. is interesting. Uh, doesn't have a lot of... Spe- I mean, whatever. He's slow, so he likes being field leader, but doesn't have like crazy synergy with yeah. either person here, but he has a really good beam uh, and is a good, durable model. Uh, 
I I am a Splash Sin fan, but uh, I know I know I am low on the uh, on the love chain for that. Yeah, there's like a world where I'd be interested in the Sin and Crossbones pair because I do like the husband and wife title uh, effects. And I think there's something interesting to be done there, but I don't think that this list is, is this list. Yeah. Um, uh, I also think Two Ash and Cinder is an underrated card. Yeah. I like both of their cards. Uh, uh, Two Ash and Cinder not giving Magneto power. Oh, that's cute. Um, because it destroys during the cleanup phase, which is not a turn, and Magneto's yep. leadership is limited to once per turn. <laughs> Yeah. It also, fun. I've been using it on pay to flips to like, do you really mm. want to try and flip mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. I, yeah, I, so I think that ends up being, there's an interesting criminals list in there where like, but I think this that is plus not like that list. Craven's anti movement tech can really make it hard for someone to get to a point they want to get to. Mm-hmm. Uh,. The options we're left with, I think Taskmaster, I'm perfectly happy to play. I think Hood is moderately interesting in this list. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, if you do build a nice little bunker, being able to heal parts of that bunker is never a bad thing. Yeah, uh, His attack suite is all good, but not great. Being able to field leader him so he can shoot the pistols potentially four times is nice to have. He can be interesting to shunt attacks to because then it can transform him when your opponent's not expecting it. Yeah. Um, but I I think I would want one of the, I like the Drax, but I think I want an affiliated character okay. here. And I think I'd be happy with Hood or Taskmaster because they kind of end up doing the same job of just reasonably efficient piece. Uh-huh. The the only other one out of affiliation-wise that I do want to bring up quickly, okay. yeah. um, just because I was thinking of him, is Blob. Uh, I do like Bob. Getting to shunt attacks into him that then count uh, create pushes. Yeah. Okay. I like I like that. Hmm. Okay. And you don't mind field leadering him? And yes, he has a size three only to aim throw, but yeah. still a size three throw, and it throws yeah, I mean, medium. Yeah. It's. I mean. It's a good throw, but I really like his spender. So I'm going to be oh, spendering yeah. <laughs> with him as much as possible. It's like, it's hard for me to have enough power to do both of those things because his spender is just like, sometimes it's just like I push six models. Yeah. And you feel insane. Uh huh. Um, I also love him in shield. I like him in shield a lot. Yes. Uh, putting aggressive on him in any fashion is really funny. Yeah. <laughs> but I also love just the idea of Shield Agent Bob. Blob. Oh, yeah, sure. Would not be he kinda looks like he's wearing a Shield Agent outfit. You know, just swap like the yellow for some white and he's pretty close to just having the same uniform stretched out. <laughs> yeah. They couldn't find one in his size. <laughs> uh so yeah, I'm down for either of the affiliated options. Okay. Um, which would I prefer? I think I'm going to put in Hood. Okay. But would be happy with either of them. 
So do you want to do crisis or tactics next? Crisis. I find crisis okay. informs tactics more than tactics informs crisis. Sure. Seems reasonable to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. So. Secures are probably easier, I think. Yes. Uh, we want central fights. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't. So, like, I think I want gamma yeah I can uh, agree more gamma. than i would want demons demons doesn't feel great like it's okay because it's like mostly centralized but like we don't really have anyone i mean like modok can sit on a demon because he can shunt attacks around but nobody else in this list really wants to be standing yeah. on a demon portal uh which makes that one feel not nearly as good as it would normally so i don't think i would want that one uh what else oh i definitely want intrusions okay uh, yeah the, we can always so like, just reset our bunkers through the intrusions let alone um yeah field leader i think the turn one on intrusions is going to feel kind of awkward with this list because it's going to be a lot of slower characters having to walk a bunch uh but i think once you're set up on the portals uh like it's it's an incredible scenario for Mysterio, right? He yeah. loves intrusions. He can be anywhere doing anything, right? Yeah. Um, it's really good for Cyclops. When, to go back to the very beginning of this episode, setting him up to have multiple targets, the portals really help him place oh, yeah. in a way where like, he can have op- lots of options for the speed of sight attacks and then leave, right? Mm-hmm. Which is really nice. Like Anytime he can teleport somehow shoot someone use hit and run on the second attack shoot someone else and then leave feels incredible he can make so much distance between himself and opponents and the intrusions help him do that so i think it's like an awkward turn one that's going to turn into really good feeling turn two onward and i think i'm I'm not sure about this one so i'm going to float it to you how do you feel about Mm -hmm. mayor fisk it's interesting i'm not Yeah, I wouldn't write it off entirely. Um, I do think we have some characters that really don't want to be stunned. Um, I mean, there's some that are okay being stunned. Like, you can stun Rhino all you want. He's still going to have all the power he needs. It's fine. Yeah. Right? Um, you know, I think Gwenpool doesn't love it, but it's not a disaster for her. But, like, Cyclops getting stunned, it does feel pretty bad. And right? we are making a, a Cyclops list. So let's, yeah. let's like, not go so, that direction. He, I mean, you can play him in such a way that he's never in danger of being stunned and just use his gun to push people off of the Fisk points. Mm-hmm. And I think that's good. Um, you know what I mean? So, like, I wouldn't be afraid to play a Cyclops on Fisk if I had other characters that could go actually stand on the points and be mm-hmm. solid about that. But I don't think that I would want that to be, like, a plan A such that I would bring it myself. That makes sense. Um, and I don't think we're Meteor's team. Um, I think meteors would be okay if we can't. It's one of those like if we don't find anything better, I'm happy to put in meteors. Yeah. Um, because you can set up a nice little bunker between like your close point and the middle point, mm-hmm. and just kind of fight over those two and ignore the third one. Um, and be successful that way. Yeah, it's like fine for Mysterio. It's not his favorite, but it's totally playable for Mysterio as long as he doesn't have to flip stuff. Yeah, it's. I think our problem is we don't have half of our team has two energy. Uh, a chunk of our team has two energy defense or less. Yeah, and then th- we I have mean, no fours. Yes, so I think uh, it would. I think sword would be interesting for this team. Yes, uh, because it gets rid of that problem you just mentioned. Uh, Mysterio is the only pay to flip. Mysterio feels good on <laughs> sword. <Yep. laughs> he doesn't pay for his sins. Um, I don't. 
The only hesitation I have with sword is I think our 15 is okay, but mm-hmm. not great. Yeah. And then with sword and gamma bringing two 15s. Yeah. But uh, that might be fine. Like, I don't think that's an automatic no, but that's just kind of my hesitation there. I, I understand uh, the hesitation. Um, speaking of a one we were t- you mentioned way back at the beginning, yep. how do you feel about scoundrels? Uh, I think scoundrels would be pretty interesting with this team. Uh, I think it's quite good for Cyclops um, because you kind of like, yeah, the cover cuts down on his damage, but a lot of scoundrels just comes down to pushing people around and he's very good at pushing people around. Uh, I think it's another one where like good Mysterio play can pay off for you. Like he's obviously not going to control all five points, but he can like float between the middle and some of the extremist points and exert control that way. Uh, and I also think there are positioning ways where you can, with Modoc's big base, that you mm-hmm. may be able to shunt attacks onto different portals. Yeah, you can definitely do that, which feels really good. Yeah, you can get Modoc positioned a good bunker. It's really good for our Loki bubble. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, let's pencil on scoundrels. That works for me. Then what about extracts? We don't have a traditional safe extract grab. Nope. We do have a steel vow. Uh, yep. Um, so we're probably looking at, oh, I, I'm going to start by making a wild suggestion. Yeah, go for it. How do I feel about senators? I don't love senator. I mean, I think it's okay. Uh, I think Cyclops is reasonably good on senators. Uh, anything with additional movement is very helpful on senators, Mm -hmm. but I think we do run into a small problem of, uh, we don't have a ton of bodies. Like this list is pretty much going to be four or five wide, no matter what, Mm -hmm. which is, Oh yeah. That's acceptable with, but I like, I like being extra wide for senators specifically. Um, and we also don't have, I like having characters that in one move can get to a, one of your senators and still do things. Mm-hmm. And we don't have very many characters who can do that. All right, most of our characters have to move more than once to be getting senators and doing things. So mm-hmm. uh, I think I would rather be a little bit more conservative. We just play conservative with these because, like you said, we don't have a safe grab, we have one steal. Mm-hmm. I would kind of prefer not to play that steel. You know what I mean? It's kind of one of the boring parts of this roster. Yeah. Um, so, like, I think I would be looking at Skrulls. Yep. Virus, Montessi, uh, Alien Ship is fine. Probably like the other one's better. Uh, Hammers is fine. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, just kind of take the boring extracts here since we're just not yeah. at all focused on doing extract things. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and I actually think we have a fairly solid Montessi team. Just like Mysterio is great into Montessi. Nudok is great into Montessi. Uh, Gwenpool has four Mystic Defense. Loki has four Mystic Defense. We have a lot of... Hood is good into Montessi. I, we have a lot of pieces who are good into Montessi. Sure. Yeah. That works for me. I'll put in, so I'll put in scrolls, put in Montessi, and then it's like... Pick your favorite out of virus or hammers, I guess. Yeah, and I I think we like hammers just because it adds. We like quantity of dice rather than quality of dice. Sure, I mean Cyclops with a hammer gets really funny. So yeah, 
Which, speaking of characters I want to see in this game, uh, have you ever read Fear Itself? No. Okay. Well, Sin gets a hammer and gets the coolest redesign in the world. Okay. And is so much of a cooler character for the lengths of time she holds that hammer and then she goes back (laughs) to being what she is in the game. Oh, sad. I'll have to look into that. That sounds cool. It's my the way I phrase that comic is that it's it has some of the it's a comic with a mediocre plotline that has some great redesigns. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, you also get Juggernaut with a hammer. Oh hell yeah! And Titania getting a hammer and becoming Breaker of Men. <laughs> that sounds great. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. Now, tactic card wise. Yeah, so the Cyclops, I think, doesn't have easy. any. Oh, yeah. Cyclops doesn't have any character specific ones that we can play now. Yes. Because he has Gene, but we're not taking Gene. Yes, of course he has Gene! But we, we do not have Gene Grey, despite, I, I nope. think she's a really solid model at this point. Yeah, I, I, I mean, X Men chat. I liked her in X Men, but I like she got replaced by Cable, who I think is also in a very solid spot. Yeah. and so it's just like, oh, I have two really good affiliated fives, and I don't have room for both. Well, Sad. I would I'm love going, to have room for both. I'm going to be interested to see how that changes when, because uh, we have seen Cerebro at this point. Yes. And I'm going to be interested to see how that changes when Cerebro comes into play. Yeah, I mean, uh, Cerebro, there's a whole new leader now that I haven't really spent a ton of time thinking about. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's kind of all up in the air what that future is going to look like. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Criminal Syndicate card-wise, we were talking about it, but we need that uh, all according to plan. Yeah. So I have, let's see. Oh, this. Yes, I want all according... For sure. Uh, I want Grand Illusion for sure yep. and Rhino's card for sure. Yep. Uh, I don't think there's any other characters in here that have character cards uh, I care about. Oh, uh, that you care uh, about? Let's let's uh, talk about Hood's Gang quickly. Uh, I it's I'm fine with it. It's always a little bit harder to play than I might think, but yeah. rerolls are rerolls. Um, so a lot of it comes down to how often do I think I'm going to play Hood, mm-hmm. uh, which it's probably a decent amount in this roster, actually. So like, I'm fine to pencil it in, and mm-hmm. then if we need room for something else, it's usually one of the first to go. But I'm never like sad to have it in my 10. That is very fair. And then the other one is no try this one for Gwenpool. Oh, oh, right. No, she's got two good cards. Yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah. Let's look at Gwenpool. So I think no try this one is a cute effect and obviously powerful because it lets you not fuck up your taxes cards and it lets you pull in something specific, right? You don't have mm-hmm. to commit to like taking brace until you see throws and things like that. Um, the biggest knock I have against no try this one is that I think the 10 actually gets pretty tight for criminals pretty fast. That's right. Um, and I really like her other card. Mm-hmm. They um, say keep so your I'm, enemies close is so good. Yes. So I'm definitely putting that one in because I think, so obviously abducting an enemy is really good, right? Mm-hmm. Like the ability to just yoink someone from a very long distance away and drop them into your team is good. 
Um, but I also think the other mode of this card where they don't get to roll defense dice is really good and unappreciated. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. I'm someone, one of my locals loves playing black order and has loved playing black order since they came out and plays the chorus leadership a lot too. Mm -hmm. Uh, I had to deal with execute more than most people. And that card is really good. It's just like, you know what? I really want to make sure that you die here. Mm -hmm. And it's a really good way to kind of manipulate the random Marvel dice and it just be like, no, you're done. like, if I only got to do two damage to you, it's really likely I'm going to kill you if I play this card. Yeah. Um, and just the modality of it means that keep your enemies close is always going to be good. It's impossible for that card not to be good. Yeah. Um, and then character specific wise, also do either of the George uh, Tarlenton, AKA oh. Modoc cards jump yes. out to you. Uh, I like them both. Uh, I don't know if they're... I think they're both interesting. Um, I think Mind Games is okay, uh, but it's a little too hard to set up and pull off for the payout being not as high as I would like. Mm -hmm. um, and like, if it didn't give the opponent... It wasn't like a chance for opponent to get two VP and the rest of it was the same, I'd probably like it more. Mm -hmm. Um but I think if I was going to play one of these two, it would be the other one, Simpleton. Yeah. Um, which I think is potentially a very strong effect. Uh, but it's one of those things that, like, it's so hard to judge because it's at its best in weird late game situations, which are really yeah. hard to predict. You know what I mean? But, like, the times where this card like this card will just win you games sometimes and it's going to feel incredible what percentage of my games that will be i have no idea it could be like five percent all right it could be much higher than that i have no idea i well i don't think it's for this list because we're not bringing the other card i think this is a fantastic choice for uh for a no try this one pile yes yeah, if we were going kind of deeper in that direction, I would definitely be much more willing. Because uh, this to... is such a silver bullet card, and no try yeah. this one with silver bullet cards is spectacular. Yes, that's where it's at its best for sure. So let, we're not worried about either of those, and let me see if there's anyone else. Electra technically has a card, but it's not that good. Nah, I hate it. <laughs> well, she has two cards technically. Uh, it's says Bounty Hunters is one. What's the other one? Vendetta. Oh, right. Which basically like gives her a, a Drax Vengeance token. Yeah. Which is it's... not worth a superpower. No. A tactics card. A tactics card, yeah. No, it's like, it's nothing wrong with it, but it's just not, not doing it. And then the other it. one is, uh, are we on uh, Honey Badger's card? No. No? Cool. Yeah. So I uh, have four cards that were 100% for Sean from yes. uh, affiliated and character specific. Um, uh, so there is at least one other affiliated card I cool. want to definitely add and then maybe some other on the maybe pile because I like I think a lot of the criminal Syndicate cards oh, yeah. are unappreciated. Um I I know a lot of people like cruelty. Mm -hmm. I think it's okay. I actually think in most cases, I like cruel tutelage more. Fair enough. Um, it 
depends how many criminal syndicate player models you're bringing, how much I yeah. like cruel tutelage, right? Cause it is criminal syndicate only, but one power for three attack dice is an incredible rate of return. Yeah. Um, and yes, it has the downside of staggering you, but you can usually play it in situations where that stagger is not that punishing for you, right? Like maybe you're killing the last character on the flank. Maybe, you know, it's the last turn of the game. Uh, maybe it's just like, as long as I'm happy to trade this character for their character, as long as we both die kind of thing, right? There's a whole bunch of situations. I also see the use case of using it on a character that is going to be your attack dump for Nudok. Mm -hmm. Yeah, With the intent today is the character using Nudok. Yeah, if you die, you're not staggered, so no consequences. Um, So I think that one is super interesting and worth uh, thinking about. Uh, what other? No Mercy, I don't care for. And so, then uh, Shadow Org, I think is interesting. Oh, did you want to go to bat for No Mercy? Not in this list. Okay. But I think No Mercy, if you are playing X-23 or Carnage or Angela. Oh, sure. Because yeah, it, that makes sense. Because even on, hey, I'm spending down to zero power, you can always No Mercy to get your frenzy trigger. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but I don't. Yeah. I don't, yeah. We're I not playing any of those. Different ones here. But that's we're, an interesting angle. Yeah, I hadn't considered that. Mm-hmm. And as they print more of those effects, I want people to be cognizant of it. Yes, definitely. But Jedi. I mean, it's is, not even the worst thing on Cyclops. Like if Cyclops dazed more reliably, being able yeah. to just like one more field leader, please, isn't yep. bad. But <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Shadow Org, especially with the range that we have. Ugh. Yeah, I think Shadow Org is really interesting. I think it's like hard to play. Uh, and I think the dream of using it on turn two is kind of difficult to set up some of the time. Some of the times you'll get it, and sometimes you definitely won't. But I definitely think it's interesting enough on turns past that point which gets into like, you know, those weird situations that are hard to podcast about because they're so fluid and different. Uh Um, But just like, you have to within two to attack me. It gets pretty interesting on like D's and B's and stuff later in the game. Uh It is a turn three break parody card, as I call them. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. That's Um, a good way of thinking about it. I very much think of it in the same camp that I think of something like all according to plan, not all according to plan. Uh, uh, well-laid plans. Oh, yeah. Where it's it's not a card that has a clean use case, but on turn three or four, you are going to be able to use it to break parity in an even game really easily. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh, it's also a great card for no try this one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so are, uh, are we slamming any of those into our list? Uh, I think I'm going to put in Shadow Org, and I think I'm going to leave out Cruel Tutelage this time. Fair enough. Because we need to get... I mean, we have two restricted slots. Uh, we're definitely taking Sacrifice. Uh, yeah. I like it too much, and there's too many shenanigans you can do with it. Oh, yeah. In uh, this list, we have so many shenanigans. <laughs> yes. Uh, I think the other one, there's, you know, reasonable options. Uh, Brace. Totally good, never bad, always happy to have it. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, R&D, I don't think there's anything to do interesting with R&D. Disarm is eh. Patch up, I'm a big patch up hater. Uh, yeah. I do think Indom is interesting here as well, though. 
mm-hmm. it's probably ends up being a worse brace, but like there's definitely times where you your Modoc has his feet planted and you don't want him to leave whatever bubble he's yeah. in. He's got bodyguards near him, he's on the point he wants to be on, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um and I think Indom with field leader is it can be present a difficult puzzle to deal with. Yeah. Right. We're like, oh, they moved me off. Okay. I'm going to move myself back on. Now you have to try to find a different way to move me off that I could end on. Um, so then you have to find a third way to move me off. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it might be. And all of those ways good, off. But I'd be willing to start with end and try it. Uh-huh. And all of those ways off must not be attacks because I can always move the attacks to someone else. Yes. Yep. So uh-huh. let's start with end and yeah. see how that goes. Uh, it might not work out long term, but I am a big mission objective person. Yeah, um, definitely. It's too good to leave at home these days. Yeah, it really is. Um, I also with our range, I think we like mark for death. Yeah, so we have one slot left before we start cutting some of the penciled in cards, right? Yeah. Which is, you know, maybe we can do better than Hood's Gang. Like, I think March for Death is actually kind of competing for a similar thing for Hood's Gang, and mm-hmm. I might take March for Death instead, but uh, yeah. uh, I think you take one of those two. I do like March for Death. Um, but I just think on, er- <laughs> uh, erasing the stealth on certain characters to allow them to be in speed of sight range mm-hmm. has a lot of power. Yes. Uh, yeah, I think, yeah, I would rather have Marked for Death or Hood's Gang, because I think I also want uh, one of the many mobility cards that I think are really interesting with this list. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's Fallback, Warpath, or Escort to Safety. Do you have a preference? Because I, I find them <laughs> all kind of mushed together in my mind. Yeah, I mean, they're all accomplishing similar but different goals, yeah. right? Uh, I think... Fallback is the most powerful one in a vacuum, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't have specific synergy or tech or game plans in mind, just go with fallback because you can't fuck it up. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to pay two power and I'm going to leave and it's going to feel good. Um, again, You're going to go value. say, fuck this shit, I'm out. Yep. Um, so I think, you know, fallback being the default choice would be fine. I think Warpath is underappreciated it's a little interesting in this list because we have some characters who are happy to walk forward and some characters that do not want to walk forward we're we're Um, really in middle we have (laughs) two crowds in here yeah like modok doesn't want to get pushed away by shuri he hates Mm -hmm. that so having warpath to be able to get back onto points feels pretty good right uh mysterio Loves having Warpath to get back in places. Uh, it's really funny on Rhino to let him just double walk at someone. Yep. Uh, he can go a long distance. Uh, it's really good on Honey Badger to mm-hmm. allow her to change her positioning of what's being taunted. Ooh. Right. Um, Do we want an exceptional healing? It's right on the fence for me. Because we only have the one model with healing factor. Yeah. All right. So it would just be a honey badger card. It does make honey badger really obnoxious. Uh huh. Um, but I don't, I guess it had like, this is where, so 
whenever people ask me to help build rosters, right, uh-huh. I always end up building them a roster that'll have, you know, 10 characters in the crisis and then between like eight and 15 taxes cards, but never 10, right? Yeah. <laughs> because I'm just like the last one to two slots always need to be like, what are my squads looking like, right? How yeah. often I play Honey Badger determines how much I want Exceptional. If she's seeing the table often for math reasons, then I'm more likely to want to bring Exceptional. Very fair. If I'm not playing her that often, then I want Exceptional a lot less, right? Um, so I think, you know, it's good to talk about these yeah. on the bubble cards so that people who do take and play this roster and run with it know what's kind of being considered. Yes. Um. Oh, right, we did. Yeah. But there, there's just too many interesting cards in the game at this point, um, and I think yeah. I, I think there are even some of the unaffiliated cards that are uh, underthought about. Yeah, like I think Escort is a pretty cool card in this roster. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you can set up. When you're building a bunker, Escort just feels better, right? When you yeah. already know, like, these models want to stand near each other anyways, right? You can end up with cool plays where, like, oh, they attack Modoc, I shunt it to whoever, Craven. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, they did a bunch of damage to Craven. Fine. They attack Modoc again. Well, now Craven has the power to escort him out of range, and your second attack doesn't do anything. Yep. That's pretty cool. Um, there's a bunch of kind of neat and nifty plays you can do with that. Would it be better to just fall back? Maybe, right? Like, that's kind of always the problem with Escort is that fall back is right there and requires a lot less setup for a less powerful effect, but easier to apply. Yeah. Uh, I I think I want to try Escort and just okay. see if this is the case where it makes the cut in that more powerful effect is we're trying to, it plays into our game plan enough that that more powerful effect mm-hmm. is worth it. Yeah, that makes sense to me. And I also usually try to start my roster with kind of some of those more niche choices and see how they feel. Because like, if we start with fallback, fallback's going to feel good. We yeah. both know that fall. Yeah, it's like, all right, cool. It's fallback. It's doing fallback things. It feels good. Mm-hmm. And you'll never, or you'll be less motivated to branch out beyond that. Yeah. Or if you start with the weird things like Indomitable that we talked about, right? Mm-hmm. Or like Escort. You force yourself to try them. If they feel good, you found gold. And then if they feel bad, you know you have fallback waiting for you at home to safely swap in there and feel good about it. Yep. And that is a full roster, as I see it. Yep. Looks like it to me. So, for everyone at home, our roster is Cyclops, Modoc Scientist Supreme, Gwenpool, Mysterio, Craven the Hunter, Electra, Rhino, Honey Badger, Loki God of Mischief, with a Mind Gem, and Hood. For tactics cards, we have All According to Plan, The Grand Illusion, This is a Robbery, They Say Keep Your Enemies Close, Shadow Org, Sacrifice, Indomitable, Mission Objective, Marked for Death, and Escort to Safety. For Secures, we have Gamma Wave Sweeps Across the Midwest. <laughs> Gamma Wave Sweeps Across the Midwest. Intrusions Open Across City as Seals Collapse, and Superpowered Scoundrels Form Sinister Syndicate. And for Extract, we have Scrolls Infiltrate World Leadership, Montesi Formula Found, and Fear Grips World at the Worthy Terrorized Cities. Sounds great to me. That sounds like a super fun list. <laughs> Now, the question is, are you actually going to play it? I'm interested in playing it. I don't own large chunks of it. It's kind of the biggest problem. <laughs> that I'm not normally a criminals player. So, like, I, have a, I don't own a new doc. I do not own a Gwenpool. I think I have a Craven. I don't have an Electra. 
I think I have the rest of it. So maybe on TTS, maybe I will borrow from one of my criminals playing friends. But that's kind of like the biggest roadblock is that I don't own this. But I think it looks cool as hell. Yeah. Um, If people wanted to reach out to you, where could they find you? Absolutely. Uh, I'm super easy to find. I am on basically every Marvel Discord I can find. I don't pay attention to a lot of them, but I'm in there. Uh, Mm -hmm. So you can find Ghostier. Uh, feel free to DM me, ask questions about anything. Uh, I, we have, you know, there's the Alfredo size three taco truck discord um, that I'm the most active on. Just, you know, that's my home. Yeah. Uh, so feel free to come join that and hang out with us. Mm-hmm. Yes. And you are currently in the Morlocks discord. So people can also yes. reach out there if they want to. Um, Absolutely. If you want access to that Morlocks discord, you can do get it. By signing up for the Patreon at patreon.com slash LexaWhite, where on top of access to that Discord, you get bonus episodes about interesting movies and TV shows. I recently had the great comedian and podcast host of the Goods from the Woods podcast, Rivers Langley, on to talk about the uh, 2020 uh, Roland Emmerich film, Moonfall, that is very dumb but very fun. <laughs> um and hopefully by the end of the month I will get that Godzilla minus one episode recorded, but scheduling has been kind of insane this month. Um mm. so yeah, and all sorts of other stuff is in the talks. So bunch of cool bonus episodes like that. Um we also recently had list season where I had Rich Mid Gaming on to talk about TV and movies, so you can check those out. Um, and yeah, all sorts of cool stuff on that Patreon. Um, and if you want to reach out to me, you can do send me an email at, uh, MC, morlocksmcp at gmail.com. And yeah, thank you very much for coming on. Yeah. Thanks for having me. This is always a blast. And keep experimenting people. <laughs>